Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I say on every episode, we have a great one for you. Who do we have? We have Pete McCall with us today, the expert's expert, a master trainer for core health and fitness, a content contributor for 24-hour fitness, owner and president of All About Fitness, and host of the All About Fitness podcast. He is also the author of Smarter Workouts, The Science of Exercise Made Simple. And we're going to talk to everybody about all that and this new thing, the ageless intensity, and some more. So welcome to the show. Welcome. Well, thank you guys. And, and thank you for having me on. And, and, and thank you to the listener tuning in. I want to say thank you for taking the time to uh, to hear us chat a little bit. So um, I always like to start the show out the same way. Last 18 months have been rough for a lot of people. And I always want to go there first because I think that it's important for the audience to kind of hear everybody's perspective on what COVID is mm-hmm. how it's affected each person. So how has COVID affected what you do and what have you done in the last 18 months to maneuver through this? Uh, I, I'm laughing a little bit because um, prior to COVID, my, my primary job was literally traveling around the world and educating personal <laughs> trainers. I, ah, I worked for core, core Health and Fitness. Um, people might not recognize Core Health and Fitness, but Core Health and, and Fitness owns Stairmaster. They own Nautilus. Oh, wow. They oh, own Star yeah. Trek, which are one of the most popular brands of treadmills. And, mm-hmm. and so when when health clubs buy a certain amount of equipment, there are always trainings come involved with it, come with the equipment. And so there are people like me out there. They call us master trainers. We will oh, go wow. to a location. It could be Beijing. It could be Boston. It could be Baltimore. It could be Bangkok. But whenever a health club buys a certain amount of equipment, they'll send somebody like us to the health club to teach people how to use it. Or I'll oh, go wow. to a fitness conference or I'll go to a fitness event sponsored by a product company like Stairmaster and teach people how to use our equipment. That was what I did before COVID. So when all of a sudden we couldn't travel anymore, the entire industry, people might be familiar with all of a sudden you, the personal trainers are doing Facebook lives or doing Instagram workouts. Well, on the conference side, there are about 12 to 15 major conferences a year um, that happened in fitness. And so all that got shut down workshops, weekend mm-hmm. workshops got mm-hmm. shut down and I had to turn my, uh, I had to turn my apartment here, the living room of my apartment. into a TV <laughs> studio. I mean, like a lot of people did, right. I, I taught, I taught virtual group fitness classes from my, from my apartment. I, I taught workshops. Wow. I did mm-hmm. education events all over the world in, in Asia, in, in Latin America, in the United States. And so it just was one of the coolest things about the last 20 months in our industry, in the fitness industry, was how everybody adapted and and how different people, and even though you might have competitors, we might work for different health clubs. We actually, a lot of people came together and said, okay, let's figure out how to get through this. Let's figure out what we can do to get through this. And then we'll go back to hating each other once this is all true. (laughs) But everybody has to play nice. And in, in, in all seriousness, in some states, you saw health club companies get together and have to lobby their state governments to say, hey, health clubs are not the danger spot, right? Health clubs yeah. are not where people might be at risk of catching catching a virus. And so it's been an interesting. The last 20 months has been interesting. And I mean, the other thing I did was I wrote a book. I, I wrote my book, Ages Intensity. I had signed the mm-hmm. contract. Um, I literally signed the contract in January of 2020. I wrote my first book, Smarter Workouts, in airplanes. I literally wrote it while flying in airplanes. I wrote it in hotel rooms. 
wrote it while traveling around um, in 2018 and 2019. And so in 2020, it was actually kind of nice to be at home <laughs> and be able to work on something uh, at home. And I'm working on I'm working on another book right now. Um, but also, I've, I've shifted. You, you read my bio a little bit, but due to the um, due to how much turmoil it, there is in the fitness industry, I took a job about a month ago. So I went from being a freelance contractor oh, wow. to now I work for a company called EOS Fitness. And EOS okay. has locations in Florida. We have locations in Arizona, Utah, Nevada, California, where I am. And I'm now the national director of education for EOS Fitness. And so uh -huh. my job is to work with all the personal trainers and all the fitness managers. I kind of call myself the strength coach for personal trainers because <laughs> the strength coach keeps the athletes on the field. When you're when you're working with a team, if I'm a, a strength coach at the University of Georgia, my job mm. is to keep my yeah. athletes healthy and on the field. Yeah. Yeah. As, as an education guy working for a health club, my job is to make sure our personal trainers can meet the needs of our customers and of our clients. So that's really so I've shifted a little bit of where I mean, COVID caused me to caused me to end my career as a freelance as a consultant um, and really focus on let's get back in the health clubs. Because I really think I, I, one of the things that we've seen in our company in EOS and that we've seen industry wide is a lot of people have been getting going to the gym for the first time because they started exercising at home during COVID. So okay. I think that's one of the good yeah. things is that oh, wow. people have more time mm -hmm. home. And so they started, if, even if it's just a walking thing, walking through the neighborhood, yeah. that's one of the benefits. I mean, it allowed people, I try to look at the positive. And so for me personally, it allowed me to, I mean, I didn't, I didn't travel, which stank from a work perspective, but from my family perspective, it was awesome. I mean, I got divorced <laughs> right before I got divorced in 2018, 2019. Um, and, and so it really allowed me to spend a lot more time with my kids. It allowed my ex-wife and I to kind of come to a new, come to our new relationship quicker because she works yeah. in law enforcement and I was work, I was with the kids. So oh, wow. when kids oh, wow. schools were shut down, she's, she was still essential personnel. So I had to stay, I was the one staying home with the kids. And, <laughs> and honestly, I mean, other than income, I wouldn't change it for the world. I mean, it's been a lot of whatever, um, wow. but mm -hmm. we're getting through it. You know, we're figuring out a way and we're making it work and we're getting through it. So, yeah, that's how, I mean, it, everybody's been upended by it. And I've been very, very fortunate that it hasn't affected me as much as others personally, but mm. you know, mm -hmm. I've, had, I've had to adapt like everybody else. That's like for us, you know, we launched this show January of 2020 <laughs> with the intention of the first year being maybe a hundred interviews our first year. We thought if we could do that, be a great foundation. And then yes. COVID happens and we're watching everything get shut down. I'm like, I'm like, well, you know, we can't change this. But you know what? People are going to need a place to talk and we're going to give it to them. So so let's scrap the 100 interviews and just see what we can do. Yeah. And, and, la and last year we did over 300 interviews and we're over 500 now. Wow. That's awesome. Congratulations. I mean, that's <laughs> that's a lot. That, that's great. And, and I'm sure people this is one way to connect. But you just said something that's so key. And then I think what what we're what we're seeing in fitness Mm -hmm. is now that, that a lot of workplaces have have allowed people to work from home like they have like mm -hmm. even my new job i can work from home um yeah. most most of the time and we do have offices here but i really do think that one of the things we're going to see with, with gyms and health clubs and fitness centers is they're going to become like the com new community center so your employer might allow you to work from home three or four days a week you might go into the office one or two days a week and mm -hmm. yeah, we have virtual fitness. You can do stuff at home, but you know what? You've already been at home all day and you want to get out of the house. So where are you going to go? 
you can go to a Starbucks and get a cup of coffee and spend a little bit mm-hmm. of time there, maybe meet a friend there, or you can go to the gym and do a workout. And so I really, really think that that one of the best things about the last 18 months, the last COVID, is that people are changing their habits to make it more kind of understanding that exercise is more for health and not mm-hmm. just for appearance. Because I think yeah. for yeah. years, exactly. most people have equated exercise with, I need to look a certain way. Well, what we're seeing in the data and what we're seeing in the initial data is that people who are fit and healthy and make their health and exercise a priority, if they get COVID, yeah, it's going to knock them on their butt for a few days, but it's not nearly as as fatal or nearly as as um, catastrophic for people mm-hmm. who are unfit or unhealthy. And so I really yeah. do think that's one of the things that's kind of encouraging people to get to say, you know what, maybe I should start exercising. Maybe I should start doing something because it can make me healthier for the long run. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. So tell us a little bit of your backstory. How, what, why fitness and what led you this way? <laughs> well, I, I love that question because like a lot, a lot of people who, who grew up in the eighties, I, I grew up, I'm a, I'm a pure Gen Xer. I was born in the early seventies. <laughs> I, I was motivated to start exercising by an Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone, right? And <laughs> WWF, I'll be a hundred percent honest. I mean, it's now the WWE but every yeah. Saturday yeah. morning, you got to see these huge muscle-bound guys and men and women flying around the ring. And look, you can say that things are scripted, but those are athletes. Those athletes are doing athletic yeah. things. I really you go you, it scripted. You go on out there and see how much it will hurt still. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's but that's exactly it. It's but seeing these people larger than life with big muscles on on mm-hmm. TV on Saturday mornings with wrestling in the movies. As a guy, what do you want? You want to be you want to be the guy with the big muscles like Arnold who gets the girl at the end, of, you know, who kicks butt and gets the girl. And I think so. I'm one of that generation that grew up wanting to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger. And oh, wow. sometime in the mid 90s, I was doing work in another industry. Um, and, and I realized, wait a minute, I can make a living being a personal trainer. I can make a living. I, I joke that, that my job is I make half naked people sweaty. That, that really is the essence of what fitness is, is. If you're an instructor or a personal trainer, you get paid to make half naked people sweaty. Um, so I started doing that and realized it was a lot of fun. But then this was the early in the early 2000s, the health club company I was working with, I was in Washington, D.C., and we had clubs in Washington, Philadelphia, New York and Boston. As we were growing, they needed people to educate new personal trainers and educate new staff. And so I started doing that. And one thing led to another. I got a master's degree in the field. I went to work for uh, a chain of health clubs as their director of education. From there, I went to work for one of the certification organizations. Mm-hmm. So I spent mm-hmm. a few years working for one of the certifications that teaches people how to become a personal trainer. And I left that. That was the American Council on Exercise. And when I worked for the certification organization, I couldn't work for any equipment companies. And a number of years ago, a friend of mine invented a piece of fitness equipment. And another friend of mine worked for Nautilus and Stairmaster. And so it was an opportunity to step away from from doing certification stuff. And I went to go work with equipment. I still stayed with, I still consulted with the certifications. So I'm one of these people, and it's just, I know it's a long way of explaining this, but <laughs> oh, I love every it. personal trainer, but every personal trainer and every fitness instructor <laughs> has to maintain their credential. They have to do 20 yeah. hours of mm-hmm. education every two years. And so people like me write that education and that's what I do when I go to these workshops and teach at these workshops is I'm teaching the continuing education. So somewhere along the line, about 12, 13 years ago, 
I shifted from being from being a personal trainer, making half naked people sweaty to being an educator where I teach people how to make half naked people sweat. And so that's really, <laughs> been, that's really been the focus of my last number of years is writing, writing textbook chapters, writing mm-hmm. articles, writing blogs, writing education courses to help people understand, to help fitness trainers understand how to design workout programs. And so with the books I've written, I've shifted away from just working on the industry to helping the average person understand that, and look, my point of view is this exercise can help us slow down the aging process, right? Mm-hmm. Is I do not, I'm one of the few personal trainers. You guys are not going to believe this. I'm one of the few personal trainers who doesn't care whether or not you have six pack abs. I don't mm-hmm. care whether or not you're skinny, right? I don't care. Yeah. What as long I as you're healthy. About, mm-hmm. Is healthy. Is, can you be active for 15 to 30 minutes a day? That's all. Can yeah. you do something where you're physically active 15 to 30 minutes a day? If you can do 15 to 30 minutes a day, you can significantly change your health and you can control how the aging process affects you. Now, what would you say is some misconceptions of this type of lifestyle? You know, a lot of people, they think certain ways of certain things. So what are misconceptions that people have when it comes to when you say, look, you can do this in this amount of time? There's got to be a lot of misconceptions. Yeah, I think the misconception is that people equate appearance with fitness, right? People mm-hmm. equate, mm-hmm. people put that, hey, if you look a certain way, you must be fit. Well, exactly. I was actually just joking yes. about this the other day with, with uh, one of my new colleagues. She's in her mid forties and she used to do bikini competitions, mm-hmm. right? And she, yeah. I've asked her if she's going to do another bikini competition anytime soon. And she was saying, no, it just, she had didn't have the time and just the amount of work it took. And what people don't realize is that bodybuilders and figure competitors, if they're doing figure or doing bikini or whatever, they get really, really unhealthy for about two or three weeks around their competition. Oh, they're not okay. eating that much. They're, they're getting rid of excess water in the body. And so right. when you look at one of those people on a stage, they look like that for maybe three or five days. Yeah. And anytime oh, yes, that somebody right. does a show, anytime that somebody does a contest, that's when they schedule all their photos, right? That's when they schedule their photo shoots. Mm-hmm. That's when oh, they, wow. they work for a nutrition supplement sponsor or if they have a clothing oh, line sponsor. If I'm doing a show next weekend, I'm going to be doing photo shoots around the show because I'm looking my best. And anytime mm-hmm. there's not a show, I might be 8, 12, 15 pounds heavier with my normal body weight. So that's yeah. so the misconception, the biggest misconception is that you have to look a certain way to be fit. When in reality, fitness, the definition of fitness is work capacity, physical ability, the ability to perform. There is no, when you look at any definition of fitness, there is no definition. When you look at the definition of fitness in a dictionary, it talks about capacity, not appearance. And that's what I want people to understand is that being fit means you have the ability to go out and do things. doesn't mean you look a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't. It just means that you have the ability to go out and and do your favorite activities and play a sport or play with your kids without being injured. It just means that you have a chance to be active. I love that. Now, as you know, a lot of people, you know, you've rose to the top in your profession. I mean, even the other people quote you and all that from what we've seen. Um, But the rise to the top is the part that people don't see. They see the glory in what you have done, the glory of what 
big actors have done, big artists, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles it takes to get to y'all's level. And I always want to talk about that side of it because I think that a lot of times people think people are lucky. And, and to a degree, when it comes to entertainment, people do have some luck in it, but it takes a lot of work to get to that lucky break, you know, as you know, out there. So tell us a little bit about some of the sacrifices and struggles you've had to go through to get to where you are today. I love that because, and that's such a great question, Chris, because <clears throat> nobody is ever an overnight sensation, right? It's like, yeah, I was an overnight mm -hmm. sensation. And I mean, you think about a musician or you're right. Think about that actor. Well, that's where working for a large health club company years ago was a big factor because I was teaching, I was teaching group fitness classes. So I got the experience of being in front of an audience by teaching group fitness classes. But then I was teaching almost every weekend. I was teaching maybe three weekends a month, 10 months a year. So 30, wow. I was teaching 30 weekends a year, <laughs> teaching workshops, developing the reps of standing in front of an audience, getting, getting the experience of standing in front of an audience. And then when I started speaking at conferences, when you're, when you're a young conference speaker, you get the early slots, you get the 7 a.m. slots, and you get the 5 p.m. <laughs> slots. So you get, you, you know, you, you don't get the primetime slots, right? And you get... So mm -hmm. you just, but you got to do the work and you have to get to know people. And, and this industry, fitness industry is if you show up, if you're prepared, if you're ready, if you have a good attitude, and if you sincerely care about helping people, you can go wherever you want to go. You, you just have to put in the work to do it. And it really, you, 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 I mean, like anything else, you have to get to know the right people and you have to get to know who the decision makers are network and, network and network really is because that can make all the difference in the world so like being at a conference when i worked for the certification organization being at a conference representing ace the certification body i got to know other people in different equipment companies and different health club mm -hmm. companies and so when different opportunities come up you just reach out and, and you get to know them and it just it's a matter of it comes down to doing what you say you're going to do and follow up and, and just be prepared and be ready. You know, that's like for us, you know, a lot of people think how tough it is to do a daily show. It'd be pretty much a daily show. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but it's also helped us get in front of so many people and so many people to where I've made, we've made the right contacts where yeah, we have PR definitely. companies that mm -hmm. reach out to us and say, I've got so-and-so I'd like to get on your show or, I, or, or PR companies that we've had some of their people in the past and want to bring new people that are come on. And so it's been, you know, so although it looks like it might be a little luck and even though I, you know, cause we've, we've interviewed a lot of people. And one thing I've noticed is there is some luck to almost everybody's success, but it's that work before that luck. The network, like you said, the building up to that point to where where the doors will open up. But that person who opens that door for you will would not open that door for you if they didn't see that work ethic. And you're 100 percent right. I mean, to, to answer that question, I mean, the big the big opportunity came when I went to work for the certification organization. Oh, right. Wow. So I went from being I went from being in the health clubs and I went and, and the way I talk about it is I got certified as a personal trainer in 1998. That's when when I passed my first personal trainer certification, I earned my master's degree in 2006. And then in 2008, I went to go work for the personal trainer certification body. So it really, so in 10 years, I went from learning a little bit about fitness to going to the organization that, wow. that writes the, the textbooks and writes and writes the test to be a personal trainer. Um, and that just, I just got it. I really enjoyed the education part and I really enjoyed learning about exercise. And what I found personally is I found that 
teaching others is the best mm -hmm. way for me to learn. So a little bit selfishly, I got into the education side of things <laughs> for yourself. I to learn yeah. <laughs> because being in front of an audience, being in front of a room full of my peers or being in front of an audience of my peers means I better be able to because one thing that personal trainers like to do is they like to poke holes. If they think if they think you're full oh, of nonsense, okay. yeah. they'll call you on it. And, and you know, and, and so I, if I'm standing up in front of a room full of my peers who are going to call me on any BS, I better be prepared. to. <laughs> I better know what I'm talking about and I better be prepared. Yeah. It's just it's. Um, but going to work for the certification organization really was, to your point, Chris, that really was the door wow. that, that opened up to, because once I worked for them, then people go, oh, okay, he must really know what he's talking about. I mean, or else I got him fooled either way. <laughs> and, you know, that's the hard part that a lot of people, you know, who are out there grinding it, you know, they can't foresee the future. You know, you, you don't know, you know, you're, you're doing this and that and this and this, and, and all you see is the grind that you're doing. But now you can look back and say, you know, that led to that, which led to that, which led to that. But you didn't see that 10 years ago, 15 years well, ago. Well, actually, what, what is funny, and I, I appreciate you're saying that, but when I started my graduate program and I started back in 2005, uh -huh. I remember writing down in my planner, get my master's degree, become a director of education which I did. I got my mat literally the month, mm -hmm. uh, the month after I got my master's degree, I got it. I got the job as director of education um, for a health club company that was bought a number of years ago, but I got my master's degree, became a director of education. And then my next goal was to work for a certification and I achieved that goal. So I knocked those goals out. And then the goal, when I was at the certification body, my goal was to become what I've been doing the last number of years, a consultant traveling internationally. And so I, I took the position with the certification to become a consultant where I, I worked with a number of different, I mean, those were very strategic goals though. And, and I, I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be flying around the world and, and doing that and, and knock on wood. I mean, you put your mind to and it. You're doing and it. it. Yeah. Um, and, and actually, and I will say this, one of the other things that really helped out a lot is in 2015, I went to, I was doing something in China and I, I this is hundred percent by accident. I was applying for a visa to China and I ended up getting a work visa for China. So I got a 10 year work visa that allows me to go in and out of China on a regular basis. So between 2017 and 2019, I was in China maybe four to six times a year. And oh, China wow. is booming. Mm -hmm. Right now, fitness is was booming in Asia, <laughs> Southeast Asia. I've been to Thailand, Philippines, Indonesia, um, Singapore. A number, you know, I've been to all these places a number of times because they're all exploring, so exploding fitness is exploding in popularity. So the other thing was having a visa and having a mm. current passport so, and oh, wow. having the ability and saying yes to flying on a plane 12 hours. I, I have flown to, uh, I have flown to Beijing for a total of 24 hours on the ground. I've flown to wow. Beijing, landed, got in a hotel, woke up, spoke <laughs> at a conference, met with some people I needed to meet with, gone back to the airport, gotten on a plane and flown home. So wow. left for China on a Thursday, got back home on a Monday. Don't recommend that, but being willing to do that definitely got me some of the opportunities I did. And I love that because, again, you know, like even with our show, we're a little strategic with the guests we bring on. Because, you know, as I, like I told you before the show, we start out as a country music show at first. But our plans and goals have changed. And our one of our newest goals is we would love to one day have a TV show where we interview celebrities and all that on our show. So that that vision that we have for down the road is expanded to where now we have 
all different people within the world of entertainment coming on mm -hmm. the show so that we can show, you know what, we can handle any guest. It isn't that odd. And it doesn't, but, but, but coming back to that, does just having that vision of where you want to go, doesn't that help you kind of understand like, okay, I can adjust what I'm doing because it's going to get me closer yeah. to my vision. Yep. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know, you know, and, and, and and, you know, and the funny thing is, again, when, you know, when we, we launched this show, to, you know, in back to January 3rd, it'll be two years. Yes. Um, two years. So five days away. We we had no idea where our show would be in two years. I would never imagined this. But again, COVID helped us pivot our whole idea. It did. And, and, and see, that's the thing that, that I try to do is I try to look at what, what's the opportunity we, that we have when something gets in your way like COVID, mm -hmm. when that gets mm -hmm. in your way, it's just an opportunity to do something different. And, and I would say the same thing that if, if people, if somebody out there is listening, if, if somebody out there is listening right now and they go, oh, exercise, fitness, <laughs> I know I need to do it. Right. And it's like, well, and I think one thing our industry does not do well is we don't try to pat you on the back and, and give you credit for what you have done. What we yeah. do, we do a great yeah. job of saying, you have to look like this. You have to look like whatever joe skinny or whatever some size two little miss whatever and we don't what we need to do a better job of is acknowledging people and saying hey you've done a great job you you've really with what you've yeah. been doing you've done a great job and it doesn't I mean if you've lost five pounds hey you've lost five pounds and, and a lot of times people want to lose somebody might say i want to lose 50 pounds and and one of the things i'll do is like time out time out let's i understand mm -hmm. you want to lose 50 pounds that's great <laughs> let's not worry about that Let's focus on the first two pounds. Let's work on two pounds because yeah. two at pounds time. is much more attainable than, and you can't lose 50 Absolutely. without losing two. So let's work yes. on two pounds at a time. Mm -hmm. Let's slow it down. Let's break it down a little bit. Let's work on two pounds at a time. And guess what? If we lose two pounds a week for 12 weeks, what's going to happen to you? Exactly. Pretty soon, you're have some pretty and change. see, like mm -hmm. there's a book title that I want to eventually write called the power of one step. And that's actually perfect analogy for that because again you know you cannot do anything in life until you take that first step and speaking of books let's talk about your newest book oh yes oh, Tell the us age about it. i'll hold it up here because i know we're, we're video but ageless intensity yes. and, and this one i mean and this is the thing i mean I, I talked about being being a gen xer and it was a number of years ago when i was working at the, at the certification organization i realized something where Gen Xers, and this was in the late 2000s, like around 2009, mm -hmm. 2010. And I was just about, I wasn't quite 40. I turned 40 in 2012. So I'm almost, I'm about to turn 50 next year. But what I realized I just turned 50. Right, yeah. What's that? Not just turned 50 in August. Yeah. And so, you know, you start thinking about these things when those big birthdays coming up. But when I was turning, getting ready to turn 40, I realized that a lot of my buddies, a lot of my friends were still playing rugby. I played competitive men's club rugby for a number of years. They're still BMXing. They're still doing skateboarding. They're still snowboarding. Yeah. And we were supposed to be oh, wow. old, right? We're supposed to be in our late <laughs> 30s, early 40s. But <laughs> people I knew were still playing sports at a high level. And like in the rugby community, mm -hmm. guys don't stop playing rugby unless they get really hurt. But I played an old boys rugby tournament this past spring where we had a lot of people in their 50s and 60s still playing rugby. Now, a little okay. bit slower, not as fast as we used to be, but yeah. we have that mindset. So I realized that number one, people as they age want to stay active. They want to stay fit. They yep. want to do their mm -hmm. favorite activities. And number two, when you look at it, man, I mean, 
the fitness industry started in the early 1970s. And this is the first time, like right now is the first time we've ever had people in their 60s and 70s who've been working out their entire lifespan. Oh, so wow. if you think about it, when I first became a personal trainer, when I first became a personal trainer 20 something years ago, there wasn't much out there for older adult fitness. And a lot of right. older adults at that time didn't grow up going to the gym. But if you yeah. were born, for somebody born in 1950 and they were 25 years old in 1975, they might have joined their first gym in 1975. And they might have been going to the gym two, three, four times a week for the last 45 years. And they, they're fit, they're active. They're now in their early 70s. And they're like, okay, I know I want to stay active. I know I want to exercise, but I don't want to do chair aerobics because that's too easy. I don't want to do water aerobics because that's a little bit too easy. So I try to write a book for those people in their 50s and beyond who love to exercise and they know they need to slow down, but they don't want to make it easy. They still want to work yeah. out hard. Yeah. That's that's what I wrote. The, that's what I wrote the book about was that if you're in your 50s and 60s and you <coughs> love movement, you love being active. This is a guide for how you can still do that, but do it in a smart way so you don't get injured or you don't hurt yourself. I definitely love that. And everybody needs to go definitely buy the book. Oh, yes. Well, it goes into, I mean, and here's the other thing is because strength training, power training, mm -hmm. mobility training, all these types of exercise, the, the research show that it's the higher intensity exercise that promotes the hormones that, that can result in muscle growth. Oh, so wow. if we're in our 50s, when we're in our 50s, we can still grow muscle, but we just have to do, we have to lift heavy weights. And women is, is the same thing. Women can add lean muscle too. And here's the thing for women, when, when women do strength training, especially in their forties and fifties, it elevates levels of growth hormone in their body and growth hormone can help metabolize fat. can help use fat for energy. But here's the other thing is growth hormone helps your skin look younger. So when you oh, see wow. these people in the gym that, that, mm -hmm. look, that not only are they muscular, but they look young. They're like, man, I know this yeah. guy's about my age. This woman's about my age but she looks 10 years younger. Well, people that exercise regularly at a relatively high intensity are promoting more growth are producing more growth hormone. And that's going to help us stay, help us look younger as we age. Oh, wow. <clears throat> you know, and I love the whole concept of the older generation, Gen, Gen X and above, because we're Gen Xers too, we're but and, you know, everybody mm -hmm. forgets about our generation. Like um, we're launching a podcast next year called young at heart Nashville where mm. we are going to spotlight and bring people on who are professionals over 40 in Nashville who are owning their age. Yes. Uh, but isn't that, isn't that so true? I, there's a comedian. I love listening to comedians and there's a comedian who used to talk about it. He has in his bit and I wish I could remember his name so I could give him credit, but he talks about how in his bit, he used to think 50 was old. And now he's like, yeah, I'm 50 and I play in a band. You can catch me on Thursday nights. You know, it's like that once you get to a certain age, you realize, wait a minute, and that's the other reason why I wanted to write the book is mm. I still want to be able to go mountain biking. I still want to be able to hike. I still want to be able to play the occasional rugby match. And here in Southern California, I don't surf, but I could go down to the ocean right now. And I could, I guarantee you that if I if we sat there for 20 minutes, probably half the people coming out of the water would be over the age of 50, that, that they oh, still wow. love their surfing and they're not going to slow down. So that's really, I wanted that's to give people, I want to give people the guidebook for how to use exercise to manage the aging process. Yeah. You know, and people yeah. think I'm crazy. You know, I just turned 50. We've got a, and I have to try to be young, as young as I can. Cause I, oh, we've yeah. got an almost 10 year old and an almost three year old. Yes. Uh, wow. But, 
But each Monday we go to the trampoline park mm -hmm. and I can't let them just go out there. I have, no. you know, I'm going on the trampolines too. So I post sometimes pictures of me doing five, six, seven foot air over the trampoline. And oh, yes. people like, I wouldn't do that at that age. And I'm sitting there like, I want to stay young. <laughs> and well, why fun. not? Isn't how much fun do you have when you go there with your kids? How much fun is that? Oh, it's a lot of fun. Oh yes, I, I have. So, in fact, yeah. sometimes they wander off in their their own little world, and I'm on the trampoline myself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I, uh, the reason why I love that is I, I'll do the same thing. I love taking my my kids are about the same age as yours. I waited a little while. My kids are nine and and seven, and, oh, and wow. so I love I love and and that's one. But honestly, you know, because I, we waited for so long. That's one of the reasons why I do stay fit is I know that now, hey, my kids are going to be teenagers when I'm in my 50s and I have two daughters. So, you know what that means. I've never yeah. I've never done steroids before, but I think uh, <laughs> when my when my older daughter starts high school, I think I'm going to have to I think my size might be changing a little bit. I think I might be looking a little bit heavier. I don't yeah, and, I and we've got, got it a yet son. for sure, but I joke about that. Yeah. You know, we got a son and a daughter. And it's funny because, you know, when we had him. He was an easygoing boy and all oh, that. Oh, yes. His and, I mean, we're sitting there watching parents. Mm -hmm. And we're like, we got this parenting thing down. Yeah, <laughs> and then no Caitlin comes. And we're like, okay, we thought we had this parenting thing. <laughs> <laughs> she's a little bit more she, emotional. Yeah. 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 And she's fun. She's exciting. Oh, she's amazing. She's creative. She's both extremes. She's <laughs> well, Ed, that's funny. I, I've talked to so many people where the older and the younger are so different, right? I've talked to so many people <laughs> yes. where, where the older is very kind of like my older daughter, I can leave, I can leave my older daughter alone in, in a room with two or three books and not worry about her for hours. Uh, with that my younger sense. daughter, <laughs> I, I, there's no way I'd leave my younger daughter alone with anything for more than about 10 minutes. <laughs> because and you know, speaking out. of kids, we always allow our nine-year-old to come on the show and ask a couple questions. I will get him. So Sandy's going to go His get him. And while, <laughs> and, and while we're waiting for that, as you know, a lot of people, they see you, but they don't see the team behind you. In our opinion, the teams never get the love they deserve. So take a few moments to tell us about the team that helps you be who you are. I love that. That's such an important question. That's such an important thing. So thank you. Um, really, I have to give a lot of credit. And I, and I do give a lot of credit to my ex-wife because she really does, even now that, that we're, we, we're no longer married, um, she will help me support, you know, she'll support what I need in terms of like with the kids and managing the mm -hmm. kids. So there's the ex-wife. Um, I had a couple of good friends in the industry. One woman named Trisha Murphy Madden, who she uh, fast company talks about having a board of directors and I would yeah. put Tr Trisha is one of my good friends, kind of on my board of directors. I have another friend, Amy Nicotera, who I bounce, we, we bounce ideas off each other. We come up with different ideas for programs that we're doing. A buddy of mine that I used to work with, a guy by the name of Kelvin, uh, Kelvin um, Everett. Kelvin uh, now works for a different company, but he gives me some input and insight. So, oh, wow. yeah, these are that's such a good question because you never make it alone. You always have friends, always have people, people who give you ideas or people that you can bounce ideas off of. How's it going? Who do we got here? It's going great. Hi, pizza. What's your favorite food? Yeah, What's my you? favorite food? Oh, oh. So who are you? I'm Christopher. <laughs> Hey, Christopher, nice to meet you, man. So yeah. I, this is a good question because what's my favorite food to eat? And, and this is what, what's my, if, if I'm not worried about like being healthy, my favorite food would be pizza, right? Uh, that, that's like, I, I love pizza, but to put the health hat on, 
I'm gonna go with an omelet. I'd love I'd love a good omelet, like a good veggie omelet or Ooh. good a good uh, breakfast burrito with a little bit of everything in there, especially avocado and jalapenos. I'm in California, man. It's all about the it's all about a good breakfast burrito. If you know if it's not if I'm not eating a good pizza and that's more of a Friday night meal, then a good breakfast burrito is a is a go to. Because what's yours? Mine is pizza. Pizza. What kind of pizza? A Peroni sauce and Supreme, and now I mean. Hawaiian, I mean, right? Pineapple. Yeah, pineapple. He likes like I, I'm, I'm, I'm right with you, man. I love putting <laughs> pineapple on pizza. Some people make fun of that, but I, I'm, 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 I'm pro pineapple on pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him what your favorite veggie is. My favorite veggie is broccoli. He loves broccoli. Hey, that's a hey, broccoli. It's so funny because when I was a kid, I used to, like a lot of kids, I never liked my vegetables. And even now as an adult, I don't necessarily like my vegetables, but I know how good they are for me. So I make sure I eat my vegetables regularly. I mean, that's one of the things you realize how good and how important. He's always liked vegetables. What's that? He's always liked vegetables. We've been lucky there. Oh, that's cool. Now, how about fruit? What's your favorite fruit? Uh, A banana. Banana. Yeah, there we go. Bananas (laughs) are always a go-to. Okay, so what's the favorite TV show? Favorite TV show. Now, this is, um, I don't watch a lot of TV, but one of the things I, I enjoy watching, I've enjoyed watching right now is, what do they call it? Uh, Oak Island on the History Channel. The the search, It's like a they're searching for treasure up in Canada, and it, it has pirates. It has like old, mid, like the 17th century uh, British Navy involved in it. Anyway, I, are they ever going to find anything? Who knows? But that's one of the more interesting things. That's that's I, I watch it on uh, the History Channel. It's called Oak Island or Discovery, Searching for Oak Island or something like that. Mm. And what's How yours? about you, Christopher? What's your favorite? Oh, my show SpongeBob. Right SpongeBob. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and what's been cool is because you know he watches a lot of Nickelodeon and Disney shows now. Um, that you know a lot of people we've been able to bring on from his shows for him to talk to on our show. Oh, cool. That must be fun. Yeah, no, actually, one of my buddies, uh, one of my bu- a good buddy of mine, his son um, is one of the actors on Ricky, Nikki, Dicky, and Don. So oh, my wow. kids have started. So that's, that's about the only Nickelodeon show I watch is just because I watch my friend's kid on there every now and then. <laughs> okay, so what's your favorite movie? Ooh, favorite movie. There's a lot of, <laughs> yeah, now I'm trying to think of, am I going to go for something poignant and, and that's, that's, Thought-provoking, like Dead Poets, because I'm a huge fan of Dead Poets Society. I think that was one of uh, Robin Williams. You might be a little bit young for that, uh, Christopher, but when you get a little bit older, Dead Poets Society is, is a great movie. Um, but then I love, my, my daughter loves, loves Star Wars, so I love watching the Star Wars movies with my daughter. How about, how about you, man? What's your, what do you like watching? What's your favorite movie right now? Uh, mine is the Minions movie. I love Minions. I love the minions. Well, they built a strong movie. brand. Oh, they have. It, well, it's in my other room, but I, a couple of years ago, we were at an amusement park and I have a three foot tall minion. I wanted to, I wanted one. It's, it's like good news, bad news. I don't know if you've ever had that, Chris. You win something, you win one of those big stuffed animals at the amusement park. Yeah. Oh, I need to carry this around with me for the rest of the day. Yeah. So for, I, I drug a three foot minion around a Knott's Berry Farm with me one day. But yeah, I love minions. <laughs> 
All right, bye. Thanks. <laughs> nice to meet you. Is that is that Bob? Is that Bob or Kevin on uh, your shirt? It's Stuart. Oh, Stuart. That's right. One eye Stuart. <laughs> yeah. All right, bye. <laughs> yeah, he loves to be on our show. He's been on pretty much all the shows. It's been a few that he hasn't been on, but for the most part, he's been on every episode. Well, that's well, cool. Like, Expose him to that. And, and I, I have to tell you, though, I love sometimes watching one of the kids' movies is just so you want to talk about just kind of relaxing a little bit and just kind of getting out of yourself. I'll, that's one of the reasons why I love the Minions. They're one of they're like that's one of the so kids' fun. movies. If I'm flipping channels and there's a Minions movie like just pickle me on, I'll watch that for 15, 30 minutes because I know it's going to make me laugh. I know at some point. I'll be chuckling or giggling like a little kid just because they're so oh, funny. we're the same we're way. Same. We were watching Despicable Me too, probably what, three times with the kids yesterday because our little two-year-old, she's like, turn on the minions, turn on the minions. But and it's just it. those guys, I mean, they, they, they make me laugh. And yeah, no, they're just, they're like the perfect character. I'm kind of jealous I didn't have them when I was a kid. Yes, <laughs> they are awesome. So what are some sources of inspiration for you? Sources of inspiration. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, honestly, a lot. And this this sounds um, a little I don't know a little trite, but but really, I've been inspired by all the people who've been going to work, like the frontline people at restaurants, oh, at, yes. at, 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 at coffee shops. Yeah, we deliver food in the evenings. Yes, yeah, our side but, job is food delivery, and we love it. But those people inspire me because these are the people who I really feel that these are the people, and also too, the doctors and the nurses, oh, that these are the people who have been working the hardest over the last 18 months. And yeah. it, it cannot be easy for them. And I'm sure there are days when the last thing they want to do is to go into work and face <laughs> more people. And get, But they do, they get up and they go. And, and so mm -hmm. that inspires me. It's like, hey, if these yeah, people, people can be very, mean. What's that? Yeah, because, you know, because with our food delivery, Sandy goes in the restaurant to pick up the food. So she hears conversations. I hear some of the things that she, get said and to the people are restaurant mean. workers. Yeah. And that's not cool, man. I mean, that's these are not, people. And they're there. They showed up. They showed up to, to serve you, to, to be there to help you. And we're talking about this stuff earlier. And, and look, I have my feeling on, on some of the stuff that's going down now. But you know what? If the rules are, if the rules of my state are wear a mask when you go in a store, I'm going to at least respect the rules. Not yeah, absolutely because because of the people too. working in the store. No, for no other yeah. reason. You know, it's right. no other reason. These are people just trying to make. Yeah, they're trying to make a living. They're trying to make. They're trying to do a job. And whatever I may feel or not feel about masks, and believe me, I have my opinions. If I'm going mm -hmm. into a store, I put one on because to me, I at least want to, I, I have a lot of respect for the people who are showing up at work for that day. Absolutely. Now, as soon as I walk out of the store, I take it off. That's just, <laughs> same know, that's just here. we're the same. Yeah. No, yeah I mean, that's, yeah, that, that's like if there's a store, like in Georgia, we're pretty much free. So there is no mandates here. But, but again, you know, if, if a business has a sign yeah, that a says they prefer you to wear a mask, mm -hmm. then we'll wear a we'll mask. Do it. But if they yeah. don't, then we're not, you know, but, uh, you yeah. know, Again, but I will respect it because I respect, you know, that that business owner has a lot on his plate Absolutely, and yeah. he's doing the best job he can. He's trying, you know, he's trying to stay afloat in this crazy time. And if this is what he feels that he needs to do, then we will respect that. Absolutely. Yeah. Chris, that that's you're so right, man. That's exactly that's exactly how and I'm not going to argue with somebody working a counter or working a register for eh? they're not, they're not, it's not their choice. It's not their decision. 
you know, they're there to take my order and try to provide a, a, a pleasant experience for me for the few minutes I'm in their store. The last thing I want to do is create any nonsense or any any uh, any stress for them. You know, yeah. like I said, will I take my mask on as soon as I step outside? Absolutely. I'm shaking my head. Yeah, people, people can't see. But in the but to your question, so those people inspired me because these are people showing mm -hmm. up to work, whether they're in a hospital, yeah. whether they're in a restaurant. These are people showing up to work in in a very challenging situation, so oh, they so can true. do it. Well, I better be able to show up and do what I'm supposed to do. Exactly. That's right. Absolutely. And what would you like for your legacy to be? What would you like to be most known and remembered for? Hmm. Wow. Uh, these are great questions. Um, I would like to be known that that really just trying to, to help our industry move forward, um, to help the fitness industry move forward and realizing that that fitness is about health and, and what you can do, not about how you look. Like, honestly, that would be like if I could change anything and be known for anything, it'd be for the fact that I try to change that conversation that we work out because we want to be healthy, not because we want yeah. to be skinny. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And if you could say anything to your readers and followers, what would you want to tell them? Uh, first of all, thank you um, for anybody that takes the time to read something I wrote or to, to listen to what I say, whether they're live or on a podcast, because the way I look at it is we only have 24 hours in a day. And so by okay. you guys giving me a little bit of your time to have this conversation or by the listener, you, the listener, giving me a little bit of time. I want to make sure that I make that time worthwhile and make that time mm -hmm. valuable. So whether you're reading a, a blog post or whether you're coming to me for a workout, I want to make sure that that whatever interaction we've had, I've added something to your day. I've made your day just 1% better, you know, and that's, and I'm not looking, I don't, I'm not, I don't think I can change anybody's life that, that way, but what mm -hmm. I want to do is have that be that positive influence and get people realizing, Hey, that this is all you need to do to be healthy. What's that? You want to be that seed for them. 100%. I want to be that catalyst. I want to be that yeah. person that says, hey, this is, if you want to learn more about this, go in this direction. And let's talk about your podcast a bit. Tell us a little bit about that, how that mm -hmm. got started. Um, All about fitness. Thank you. All about fitness. I started that about five years ago, but only got serious about it maybe four years ago. Oh, wow. <clears throat> and so what I realized is that when I go to these events, when I go to these conferences, I'm with a lot of people who are really smart and they're the ones doing the research and they're the ones developing the products that we use in the fitness industry. And, and so when we're at a conference and we're having dinner at night or maybe we're having a drink at the bar and we're having these conversations, I wanted to try to capture those conversations and bring them to the consumer facing audience. Because uh, mm -hmm. in the industry, we always talk about fitness professionals, which are the personal trainers and instructors. And then we have the consumers who are our clients and our customers. And, and so what I'm trying to do is to take the legitimacy I have as an educator who works with trainers and shift and be able to bring information straight to the consumer. So in the last year, I've interviewed people like Tony Horton, who created P90X. Um, I've interviewed uh, a researcher who does a lot of a lot of the research on high intensity interval training or muscle. Wow. So I'll alternate between like the people that you might see in the video or on TV. I might interview them. Or I might interview the person in the lab coat that's doing all the research to understand why does this particular type of exercise make muscles grow? So I try to cover everything between those two. I love that. Um, so as we start to come to a close here, as you know, 2022 is around the corner. 
everybody's going to have the same resolutions that they <laughs> yeah. always have. Yeah, Tell us a year. few tips that can help people actually stay the course. Because that's the biggest problem. People don't stay the course. It's consistency. And, and really one of the big tips is when you set a goal or set a resolution, try to try to create a habit, try to set a goal to be a habit. Like I want to exercise three times a week, right? That, that's a good goal. Mm -hmm. And that's going to create a habit, right? Rather than say, I want to lose a certain amount of weight or I want to mm -hmm. let's, let's look at the process. Let's have fun with the process. And, and I try to get people thinking about it. if you exercise twice during the week and once on the weekend, if you just start there, twice during the week and once on the weekend, just start there, make 20 minutes at a time. That's where you need yeah. to start. Start on the habits and build the habits that if you're going, if you're walking, mm -hmm. let's start with walking. If you walk three times a week for 30 minutes at a time, well, pretty soon, guess what? You'll feel a little bit better. You'll feel a little bit stronger. So now maybe you walk for 40 minutes or maybe instead of walking a mile in 30 minutes, you walk two miles in 30 minutes. You'll start feeling a little bit better, but you have, because where the biggest mistake comes in is January 1st, somebody says, okay, I'm going to change everything. I'm going to change what I do. I'm going to change what I do. Yeah, completely you can't change everything overnight. Start right. with one thing. Start with one thing. If, if maybe that thing is drink less soda. If you drink three cans of soda a day, just drink one can of soda. I'm not going to tell you not to drink soda. Just don't drink yeah. as much soda and start working on those habits. Don't, don't try to work out every day because if you're not working out at all, if you're not exercising at all, trying to exercise seven days a week is just, it's not a logical goal. It's you're not going to burn out. You'll goal. burn out if you're not used to that. Yeah. Exactly. But if you say, hey, two times a week, I can do 20 minutes this morning. I can do yeah. 20 minutes this afternoon and I can do 20 minutes on a Saturday morning. Start with that and go from there. Start small because you can always add more, right? But what's hard to do is to try to do too much. Maybe you get injured. Maybe something happens. Mm -hmm. Now you're sitting there going, okay, I did too much too quickly. Now I'm injured and I can't exercise for 10 weeks. That and then really when that 10 weeks is up, you'll be scared to do anything because you're scared you'll get hurt again. Oh, I might get injured again. 100%. That, that, yeah, that gets into a whole pain cycle because your brain, you know, pain is very psychological. So if you got injured doing something, your brain's going to remember what you got injured doing. And so then you try to get back. So say you got injured on a treadmill, your brain's not going to let you get on a treadmill. <laughs> your brain's yeah, like, I can do anything else but get on a treadmill. You know, that's like mm -hmm. they say the horse trainers tell people that if they get kicked off the horse, they make their people get immediately back on that horse because they know that if they leave the horse place, they'll never get back on the horse again. Yeah, because you build up that barrier and, and exercise is kind of the same way. If you do too much and get injured, then now it's like I built up this barrier that exercise causes pain. And, and you know what? Mm -hmm. Exercise is not should not be pain. If, it's, if, it, if you're hurt, if you're in pain doing exercise, you're not doing it the best way. You're not doing it the right way. You know, exercise, our job, what I always tell personal trainers is our job is to cause discomfort, right? If you yeah. tell me, if you tell me, hey, this is hard. That's what you're paying me That's for. good. That's but a good thing. If, if you're telling me it's painful, I'm going to stop it. If you say, hey, this hurts, <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute, is this hurt or is it hard? If you tell me it hurts, we're not going to do it because I do not yeah. want you to be in pain. Difference there. Mm -hmm. But if you tell me it's hard, guess what? <laughs> you're going to push. You, to through it. you can work through the difficulty. You can work through right. a little bit of discomfort. That's mm -hmm. easy. But what you can't do is if, you, if you're in pain, don't listen to your body because you cannot mm -hmm. undo being in pain. That, and you know, so like they say, life is, at, you know, like they say, life is at the other end of a comfort zone. 
No, it, it, no matter what, whether whether it's at home, whether it's emotional discomfort at work, whether your boss is pushing you to do something out of your comfort zone, discomfort causes growth. And in exercise, discomfort, if we, we if we want to expend energy to lose weight or we want to add muscle, we need to work to a point of discomfort. I mean, that, that's the only way yeah. we know. I mean, that, that's what the evidence shows. Now, can you go out and do 20 minutes of activity where you're not, not going to be in discomfort? Yeah. And you're going to be a little bit healthier, but you won't move the dial closer to any goal that you might have. Right. If you have that a specific goal, there's going to be discomfort involved in reaching that. Yeah, yeah, that's like when we launched this show, it was an audio only. And I remember Sandy telling me, I'll do the show with you, but I will never do video. I did say that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then last <laughs> October, October, Sandy comes to me and says, do you think our show would be better if we added video? Huh. I was like, I've been waiting for you to say that. So we've been at video ever since. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. If you had tried to get Sandy to do that, if you said, hey, we need to do this, she would have been well, hesitant and said, I don't know about that. And I'd have been but on my own. Been, for sure. Mm-hmm. But because she made that decision herself, you're involved in that decision. So you're, you're, you take part ownership of that decision, right? Exercise yeah. is kind of the same way. Like I can't start getting in shape because my, my spouse tells me to get in shape, right? If she tells me to get in shape, I'm going, ah, I'm not going to do that. But if I wake <laughs> up that one day and say, you know what, I need to do something about this, or I need to do something mm-hmm. about that. Then you can make, then you, that, as soon as you make that decision, as soon as yes. somebody makes that decision to turn the so. dial, and one of my favorite people, somebody maybe you should think about having on, um, I can put you in touch with them, but one of my okay. favorite people okay. the last couple of years is a guy by the name of Vance Hines. Um, Vance has lost more than 220 pounds, I think. He started oh, wow. his fitness wow. journey back in 2017. And Vance started his journey back in 2017. He was more than 400 pounds. You know, oh, He had wow. all kinds of health issues going on. And mm-hmm. but what he did was he said, hey, I'm going to do something. I'm going to say yes. If somebody offers me to do some exercise, I'm going to say yes. And number two, okay. I'm going to document everything on social media. Wow. So over okay. the last it's now four years, I guess, over the last four years, Vance has been on Instagram, on Twitter, on, on YouTube. He's been going through the process of how he's lost more than 200 pounds. Yeah. Now, when you do oh, the wow. math on it, and this is the interesting thing, because what we tell people based on the science your goal should be to lose about two or three pounds a week. Mm-hmm. Vance did not lose 200 pounds in a couple of months. He lost 200 pounds yeah. in a couple of years. And when mm-hmm. it works, right. when you look at it, when that, that, that span of time works out to about two or three pounds a week. When you look at how much weight Vance has lost over the time <laughs> they lost it. But the reason why I use that is because number one, I want to definitely connect us with him. Nope. What's that? So yeah, definitely connect us with him. Yeah. With uh, the, have uh, it on the uh, show. Yeah, I'll do that because there is some, there's another Vance Hines out there today starting their journey. I firmly believe that that today somebody's going to wake up and say, today is the day that I start, for whatever reason, whatever happened yesterday, today is the day they're going to do it differently, right? And that's, those Mm -hmm. are the people that I love, that I love embracing. I love getting my arms around and saying, all right, here's the thing. You don't have to be perfect, but what you need to do is be consistent, Right. That, that's the thing mm-hmm. with, with exercise is you don't need to be perfect with it. You just need to be consistent with it. And pe- I think people get be astounded at the results they'll get. And that's the philosophy with really anything. Even our show, you know, we didn't have to start the show and be perfect because we had never launched. We All just right. had to be consistent. <laughs> if we waited for it to be perfect, we would have never yeah, launched. Well, we, yeah. uh, 2019, we wanted to launch it 
and we wanted to launch it perfect and, we and never like, launched. Oh, we can't launch yeah. because of this, because the age and of the And finally, kids, we just said, you know what? We set a date, we mm-hmm. launched, and then we stayed consistent, yeah. and we are where we are now. But but you're right. I mean, consistency is key. And, and think about that. Anything you do, think about musicians, right? Musicians, mm-hmm. they're going to get up there, and that, they might have a show or two, or guess what? They're going to stink. <laughs> they're just not yeah. going to do well. They, well maybe they forget their set list. Maybe a string breaks in the guitar. They don't have whatever whatever happens. Yeah. It's not you know. It's just but if they're consistent, then you work through the bad nights. You, yeah, you're gonna have a bad night every now and then. Guess what? You, 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 you work through it. You figure out what went wrong, and you figure out how not to do that again. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, but that's so to me, consistency is more important than than anything else. Absolutely. Love that. Love so as that. we close out, tell everybody how they can find you. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. It's, it's the All About Fitness podcast. And you can find that almost anywhere pods are cast. Um, I'm on YouTube. I'm on all the big platforms. Um, Instagram is all about fitness podcasts on Instagram. And what I try to do on both Instagram and YouTube is put up kind of exercise how to's, but do it for the over 40 crowd. Right. Because a lot of the exercise how to's you have out there are by like a little 20 something. I respect 20 somethings, but I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I'm an almost 50 year old body. An almost mm-hmm. 50 year old body should be learning from other 50 year old bodies, not from a that's true. Body. my body yeah. can't do yeah. what I do. So that's what I have on, on all <laughs> right. about fitness podcasts, Instagram and YouTube. And then uh, Pete McCall fitness is the website. Pete McCall fitness okay. is the website. And then the books in ages intensity, you can find ages intensity and smarter workouts. And I wrote smarter workouts to basically teach people how to be their own personal trainer. So if somebody oh, listening nice. likes to exercise, but they just want to know what to do. Smarter Workouts has it covered. You, I mean, I've gotten some great reviews on there that really uh, people have left some kind, very kind reviews on Amazon. That's a very it, it helped them learn a lot more about exercise than they're anticipating. So, yeah, Ages Intensity, Smarter Workouts, PeteMcCallFitness.com. Um, I, I, I'm not that hard to find. <laughs> so I appreciate the opportunity to share that information. That. And, you know, we, we really enjoyed having we you did. on today. And we look yes. forward to having you back down the road for updates. And likewise, guys, thank you for your time. It's been a pleasure. pleasure. Same here. Thanks. Bye. Okay, then.